everyone, and welcome to another episode of Making It EV, your podcast about EVs. Today's episode is part two of our trip to the fully charged electric vehicle show that we went to here in Sydney, Australia at the ICC. If you haven't listened to part one, you can go back. There's some really interesting guests and interviews on that one. And this is part two. Enjoy. Dear listeners, so this is part two of our coverage of the Fully Charged show. And we have a number of really great conversations that we had at the show, starting with Bridie, our mate. We then talked to Tim from Jet Charge and the amazing journey that they've been on. We'll reflect a little bit upon what we've been seeing and feeling at the show. Then we're going to chat to Dale from Smart Charging Solutions, followed by the great team at EV. And then we're going to close out, tell you what we think about the show. We're all pretty tired at the end, but uh, there's some interesting thoughts there. So sit back, listen, hope you enjoy. Here with our mate Bridie, who was in one of our previous episodes, and we're just talking about how this feels like the first of its kind in terms of a show on this magnitude. Yeah, it's, well, perhaps to this magnitude, but it's not the first electric vehicle show we've had in Australia because the Australian Electric Vehicle Association has held several over the years and they've gradually been growing in size. Um, Last year was in Canberra and I think it was, you know, probably had the biggest turnout of any of the ones that they've had to date. Um, I believe that later this year they might be doing one in Perth, but don't quote me on that. Uh, But this one's great. Like, this has got such a massive turnout. We're here at Fully Charged Live, uh, hosted by Robert Llewellyn, who, I don't know, people back in the day might remember from Red Dwarf and Scrap Heat Challenge. We're trying to make that connection. Like, we were talking about it before. We're like, oh, we know he's some kind of celebrity in the UK. Yeah. 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 Most people might recognise him with a boxy... Robot head, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, no, he's he's you know he's a great presenter. He loves his stuff. He's really interested in the connection between electric vehicles and energy and our homes and how this is not just a technology that is going to change the way we um, kind of have relationships with mobility in our cars, but it's also going to change our relationship with energy itself because you know there's great technologies like vehicle to load vehicle to home vehicle to grid they're still um in the sort of testing phase here in australia we do have vehicle to load on a couple of models which is great it means that you can plug devices into your car and and charge Mm. off the car battery yeah yeah. because the batteries are so massive right yeah yeah Yeah. we're standing in front of the mg stand here and i just saw an advertisement for vehicle to load, actually. And tell us a bit about this new model we've got we're looking at here, Bridie. Yeah, so we've got the MG4 in front of us in red, and also on the left, we've got the MG ZSEV, and it's the long range version. So MG already had the ZSEV out, but it was a shorter range model. This has got a 72 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, the MG4, I believe, is going to be available with two different battery sizes around, I think, around 350 kilometres range for a 52 kilowatt hour battery, something like that. And then there's a 64 kilowatt hour battery that should give up to 450 kilometres range based on the WLTP standard that we talked yeah, about. Yeah. Um, Tell us about the price. Well, the talk is that this is going to be around the $40,000 mark, yeah. which is, really? if they can do that, is great because the ZSEV, when it came in, was, um, I think, around $42,000. So yeah. the, 
MG4 is a bit smaller. It's a hatch, um, but it's got a cool sort of almost crossover look about it. It's going to be focused on a younger audience, I think, and Maybe obviously with that more affordable smaller. price point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, if you go for the entry level battery, yeah. uh, but. But, you know, that's 350 kilometres range, maybe around 300 in real-world driving. It's still enough, you know, for a lot of purposes. Yeah. When I look at it, for under 40k, that's a good car, full stop. Like, it just looks like an amazing car. Yeah, just in any new car. Totally. Right. Yeah. It yes. looks shiny. <laughs> it's very shiny. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. Like it definitely has a sleekness to it. Even though they're very bright colours, like quite a bright cyan blue and, and a poppy sort of red. People are intrigued. They're, they're like shiny toy cars, but they also seem quite powerful as well. Yeah, there's a lot of people around. Yeah, stand. a lot of young families as well, like people with rams, young yeah. couples. I'm also like, just did a quick lap myself, and there's obviously the big brands that are here that maybe we're familiar with, MG, Polestar, Tesla, but I've also seen like a lot of really small, almost on the fringe ones. Is there any that you're looking out for there's a couple here that I wish were here that I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen them on any lists. I'm really interested to see the GWM AuraCat, but I don't think GWM and Haval are here today. Um, we've got some really interesting vehicles over here that um, Good Car Co imports. I mean, the Nissan Leaf has been around forever now in electric vehicle terms. That's a company that's doing lots in the vehicle and energy space. One of the things that they do is importing uh, grey imports. So, so been on the podcast. Yeah, we've also we yeah you talked to Anthony. To yeah, yeah, I'm really hoping to catch up with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we've got LDV over there. Now, that's the company that is bringing in Australia's first electric ute. They're a okay. Chinese company. Oh, wow. So that's I'm it. really interested to look at that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a rear-wheel drive and it's got a one-ton towing capacity. So it's going to only fit a certain sector of the ute market, but it's a good start. It's a bit pricey, though, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's like, up around the 90,000 mark or something like that. Mutes are expensive, aren't they? Like, they're generally, like commercial vehicles always are always like a, a bit of that top tier. But hey, if, if you know, your, co your company's paying for yeah, it, the or point. if they're investing in, in a greener well, future and it's aligning with their corporate values being more sustainable, yeah. then it makes a perfect sense to, to look knows. at the traffic. I mean, it's always that decision well. with commercial vehicles uh. is that it makes money, like it's meant to serve a purpose yeah. in the business. So and if, a if it's got the right there. payload capacity and, and that's enough for what the business does, then, you know, that may be a good place for businesses to start. Totally. Should we go for a walk? Yeah, let's yeah. go for a wander. Yeah. Excellent. So Tim from Jet Charge, MD or CEO? CEO. CEO, yes. Yeah. yeah, all that wanky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching you from afar. I think what you're doing is incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, talk us a bit about you know where you're at today, and yeah, just a bit about the journey, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So Ellen and I, uh, who's here today as well, started the business ten years ago, um, and we started off as home installers for Tesla. And um, I guess fast forward to today, we've deployed about fifteen thousand charging stations. Uh, we're the largest vertically integrated charging company in Australia. So we what sell. What is vertically integrated? Man? I'm about to say, oh, yeah. Oh, so sorry, we sell hardware, but we also make our own charging stations in Australia. We design, oh, wow. make our own charging stations in Australia. Um, we project manage so all the electrical engineering and do the actual installs to make sure the charging stations go in the ground. We create code. Um, energy management systems to basically get the most out of existing infrastructure for charging, 
Uh, we provide the software backend to help people do things with their chargers, and we provide all the maintenance services to ensure their charging stations run. Um, and so if you put all of those things together, wow, that's a hundred. That's a lot. Yeah, well, we've got 150 of us around the country, across Australia and New Zealand, supporting all of our customers. And we're on a journey to basically show ourselves to consumers now as to who we are. So we made a decision a long time ago to kind of like be well known within the industry, but to kind of like have our partners push their brands in front of consumers. But I think now is the time to kind of, especially for our own people and our colleagues, to just make them aware of the impact that they're having to put the jet charge brand out there to go hey actually you know a lot of the stuff that you see around we're the company that made that happen yeah and we've got so as a company we've got three purpose pillars so the purpose pillars are sustainability industry and equity and for that industry pillar we kind of think you know we have we sort of lead the industry we're in a leading position in the industry and we are so proud of what we've done for the industry. We want to like now kind of shout it from the rooftops yeah, know, right. and, and show people that Jet Charge has been doing that. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Talking about customers and people getting into this EV space and, and having been around it now for a while, yeah. are we at that tipping point? Do you really uh, right in it? Yeah, I would say that, um, I say this every year, but I really think, <laughs> I really think this year is the year, yeah. right? Um, that we can see the starting line and um, our job as a business has been to survive long enough to get to the starting line and I feel like we are there but it's a double-edged sword because you can be small while you're fighting to get to the starting line but once the industry actually takes off you no longer have the luxury of slowly growing to meet the challenges of the industry. Yeah. The consumers will expect you to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And unlike the solar boom and the battery boom, which is very much limited by how many installs you can do, so it's limited by installers, EV charging is completely different because the cars will come regardless of the infrastructure. Yeah. And if infrastructure doesn't gain its legitimacy, doesn't say to consumers and give consumers confidence, then you're just going to slow down the rate of vehicles coming, but they will still come. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you have this external market factor that affects our industry and how fast we have to grow. Yeah. So even though we're the biggest in the market and growth is a huge headache for me as CEO, we're actually not growing fast enough for the industry. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so... And it kind of us, as well as our kind of like colleagues in the industry, we all need to think a little bit differently about what type of organization we need to be to meet the challenges of net zero. And I said to the team, we have 27 years to go from almost no electric cars on the road to 100% electric cars and buses and trucks on the road, because that's when we have to keep net zero. The cars, I believe that with the right policies, the cars, trucks and buses will come. Yeah. The big question is, can we move the entire infrastructure ecosystem within this country to get off its ass yeah. and get moving in 27 years? And I know it sounds like a long time, but from an infrastructure perspective, that is a blink of an eye. Yeah. That's why I think it's a double-edged sword, yeah. is that whilst the starting line is awesome, yeah it requires a different way of thinking once you get to that It's almost like the real work begins then, once the starting line. That's that's exactly right. But we're 
you know, as I said to the team, would you rather be anywhere else? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, you can go work at a bank or whatever, but yeah. like, look at this. Yeah. You're doing something. Respects that you have been doing this for the period of time that you've been doing this because uh, it would take a lot of confidence that that, that point is going to come. It's delusion, man. <laughs> uh, it's, uh... it's respect. It's someone creating a business and knowing, you know, not this, not just the opportunity commercially, but also this is the right thing to do for the environment, for, for the future. Of... Oh, mate, if... Um... Ellen and I are both corporate lawyers. Yeah. So if it was, oh, right. if it We're was training just, for passing. <laughs> yeah. But I was gonna say like, I can earn pretty good coin as a corporate lawyer. So if it was about commercials, I would have quit yeah, a long no. time ago. You're here. You're at the starting line. You're at the starting line. Yeah. yeah, but you're building something, yeah. right? And yeah, corporate just... law has because like in the beginning, so Tim like you know was in was almost by himself a debt charge for yeah. a really long time because I was basically bankrolling it all. Truth comes out. She was my law. bank. Yeah. We have corporate law to thank. For we that, do have so. corporate yeah. law to thank for that. And I said to Ellen, you just have to bankroll with me for a year. Yeah. Turned out to be seven years. <laughs> okay. Seven. Years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's all right. You're here that's now. That's okay. You're we're doing now. we're doing it now, and like, you know, you obviously can't see it on the audio podcast, but like the the people here, yeah, it's just it actually reinforces in me the urgency at which we have to grow. Yeah. Because every single person at this show wants to buy an EV. Yeah. And every single one of them comes to me and says, "Oh, well, how do I charge? Where's the infrastructure? Blah 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 blah." So if we don't get our shit together, then like, is it going to stop them from buying an EV? Mm. And that would be the worst possible outcome. Well, it's almost like, well, the cars, or the, the car manufacturers like, we've done our part, the cars are ready. Yeah. And now everyone else needs to lift their game. Yeah. But there's just been a big assumption around like, well, you know, yeah, it'll be fine. The cars will be here. We're good. Actually, the real work begins once the cars come That's right. on the road. That's, that's exactly right. And it's not just charging, it's battery recycling. It's the raw materials, yeah. and you know, I've met a lot of really wonderful people. Some of whom we compete against, some of whom we work with. But my challenge to everybody is to go: How are you going to grow ten times? How are you going to grow fifty times in the next five years to try and meet the challenge of this market? Because the reality is that we must give the consumers confidence. Yeah. We'll, we'll say, love yeah. you, Lega. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you. Keep up the great work. I've been walking around for a couple of hours now and started to see all the things on display. Bernsey, what, what are you making of it? Mate, I'm confused. <laughs> what are you making of it, Aina? Well, I'm going to give my, my female lens just specifically as someone who's not a car head and as I've said many times, does not drive. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, this is going to sound really silly, it's a lot of car. Yeah. Like there's, it's very hard for me to differentiate why these different cars, and they all look the same to me. Like yeah, they're yeah. all starting to blend into the same car. Yeah. And I'm a little disappointed, I think, because I expected this future of the electrification of Australia would be a little bit more diverse yeah. in its car design offering, or at least give us a little teaser of what to expect. Totally. You know, are there any cool designs coming up? Is there something being innovated? Yeah. At the moment, it just feels like, oh, here's another car. This one's red. Yeah. And this one's slightly different. This one's blue. Yeah. It doesn't really excite me that much. I mean, it was 
quite interesting the one that you did gravitate towards the smart EV. yeah the barbie car i mean that's quite different to everything else yeah. here everything else does feel a bit samesy yeah very yeah. samesy yeah. and very samesy. seeing seeing all the teslas and look i haven't followed tesla's design journey from when it first came on market but again it just looks like a family car there's nothing really that exciting i thought it would all look like your fifth element cars in 2055 yeah. but yeah. it i don't know maybe maybe because we're still lagging australia and they don't think we can handle maybe too many futuristic designs yeah. sometimes you know like brands will look at the markets and go yeah, are they which, ready for that yeah. and we're maybe not ready for that going back to your marketing point a yeah. second ago maybe they're just all targeted towards a certain demographic the middle like, well male middle uh, well, I mean, have, take a look around. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it definitely the demographics that I'm seeing here are much more on the kind of more mature end of life. Yeah. But there is diversity. There's there a few is families. A, there's a, there's Family, a lot more diversity than I expected in terms of people who look like they know what they're doing and the people who also look a bit confused well, how, as I do. How about this? How about the only, like the majority of like the twenty somethings and the early thirties that I'm I'm seeing, they're all essentially salespeople. True. at these at, yeah. at the stalls they're not and there's no like people that are keen to shop and that just means that there's probably the people keen on the tech but the, ultimately the customer i think is someone with a bit more affluence in their life which are more like you know older 50s. older people yeah. they've got a bit of money saved up they're willing to outlay the cash to get something like this and also just like just have go for a walk through all the charges like i'd just be freaking out at yeah. all the options that you have and why are there so many options? Well, it does it does something quite straightforward. Yeah. And it, and I can imagine so many people will be like, I don't like this. I'm just gonna plug it in into my home. Yeah. And wait for it to charge. Or I'll figure that out later. Let yeah. Me just look at the car first. Okay, maybe you can introduce yourself. So Dale Cook, uh, Smart EV Solutions. We're distributors for uh, primarily Kempower and EV Box products. We have our hardware, but we also have software, which is smart charge software. Yeah, right. And as long as the uh, charger is OCPP compliant, it will hook into our software. Right, what's OCPP? OCPP, OCPP. Open Charge Point Protocol. Right. It's the language for uh, e-mobility for chargers. Is right, easy okay. Right. And is that just like a common language that all chargers need to adhere to, like a protocol? If they're smart chargers, yeah. And then you'll find that most chargers now are OCPP 1.6 or 2.0, which is just the version of it. Right. But it's the Open Charge Point Protocol. Right. Okay, and um, I mean we, I mean we've been looking around at a lot of the charges, and there's been a lot of, I guess, similarities between just the kind of the, the wall box. Um, but we've come across this one that's actually on wheels. Um, can you tell us a bit about this guy? Yeah, so this is the uh, Kempower. Well, it was previously called the T Series. They've just changed the name to the Movable Charger. Um, and what's great about it, it's a 40 kilowatt uh, DC charger, um, so fast charges up to 40 kilowatts. You can have a single outlet cable or two cables, you can have Chatamo, CCS outlets. But what's really good about it is, as you notice, you can move it around yep. and you can plug it into a three phase 63 amp outlet. Yep. Um, and what's great about it is we had a customer here earlier and from Derby who is interested because he wants to bring it inside each night and not leave it outside for vandals. Right. As one example, but we've got, we supply these to bus companies because they sell them with the buses. Uh, we've got a bus uh, uh, that's sold in uh, on the Gold Coast for a school and they use it so they can move around in, on different buses. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's great for that. And it's, um, 
it's less cost of infrastructure to install because you just have an outlet. Right, yeah, you just install the outlet. You don't actually install the whole the whole kit. Where we see these are going to be great. We're, really, we're talking with the Olympic Committee in Brisbane at the moment. Right. And we see these to be great because they want to go carbon positive for the Olympics. So they're going to have a lot of electric vehicles and they're going to have them temporary for, you know, six yeah. months or so. Yeah, yeah. These would be great. We can actually put these in and fix them in so they don't go anywhere. Oh, so you fix them to the ground. We right, right. like a Woodford Folk Festival and they wanted to have these you know, charges up there for the cars. These can be wheeled out and where they go and then wheel them back in. Yeah. So, so many applications for these. Mm. We've even got an apartment block that's talking to us because this uses 63 amps. If you go and put in AC charges, they need 16 to 32 amps. Slower than the DC. They can get through more. Residents can actually charge faster. And they only have 100 amps available of power in their in their um, system. So this is perfect for them. Yeah, great. Okay. And, and like, apart from maybe on a more domestic, like private level, you mentioned there was a person that liked it on wheels so they could wheel it out, charge, but also wheel it in for like a more of a, you know, safety and security yeah. point of view. Are there any other benefits of it being on wheels? Or to say, maybe the cost is a good one. Anything else? Well, benefit being on wheels is, so this is made for industrial. It's really right. good targeting. Right. So Kemp Power came out of the Kempy welders, high-end, really good quality welders. Yeah. Um, charge is not that dissimilar to a welder. Yeah, which is basically just managing a lot of power at once, right? And so these are made so you can have in a workshop. I was talking with someone earlier today that actually is servicing electric vehicles and, and delivery trucks and the likes. And he likes this because he's not going to charge every single one of them. Mm. And he doesn't want to wheel it over to where there's a fixed unit. Yeah. He can just have the three-phase outlet at the end of each of his bay. Right. Plug it in, charge it while he's working on it, move to the next one. So basically, rather than taking the car to the charger, you can take the charger to the car. That's right. That's right. Nice, great. Well, thank you very much for, for chatting. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe yeah, we could finish off with how much. What's the, oh, what's the price tag? I'm surprised you waited till the end <laughs> after that. There's normally something at the front end. But, I've, got, uh, I've got a good prompt over there. <laughs> um, so these units at the moment, depending on how they're configured, range between um, sort of the high 20s to the low 30s. Uh, to the high 30s. So yeah. it depends on what you want, how you want them. They are 500 volt configuration or an 800 volt configuration two cables, one cable, um, so we can actually customise it to, to what needs you want and, and that's what's important and then the price has an impact on that. They come out of Europe so they're obviously impacted by FX and freight and everything else. Yeah. So that's what's made them uh, a little bit higher end but these are of such high quality, I don't ever expect to see any problems with these units. They're yeah, brilliant. right. Yeah, and obviously there's much more of a commercial slant so it can it does have opportunity to optimise your business and, and make sure that it's yeah. doing that so they can kind of pay for it in that and, way and as well. those people into locations like the ones in Derby, it's uh, they want to track people up there. They charge within the, the hour and they can head back out again. So. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you, Dale. Really appreciate the time. No worries. Great to talk. G'day. Uh, can we, maybe we can start off with uh, introducing yourself. Yeah, sure. So I'm Keith. Uh, I work in product at EV. Uh, EV is an electric car sharing platform where you can list your own car to rent, um, wow. and other people can rent your car, and you can make money on the side. So people, people, why would people do that? What, what's the benefit? Um, there's, the normal motivations are people want to share their EV and what they know about their EV in some way. Obviously there's a financial motivation which is quite direct. It's very much like Airbnb but for your electric car. Um, but there's also, unlike Airbnb, there's a bit more of a um, EV community and EV enthusiast kind of mindset of wanting of people wanting to I get their EV out there um, whilst also making a little bit of money. Yeah. yeah. And so like me, myself, I, I'd come at it from a bit of a, a renter's perspective. Cool. I myself don't have an EV. Yeah. 
why, where would I start? What, what, would I, what would I need to do? Okay, so you go to ev.com, which is for evee.com. Um, sorry, .com.au. Apologies, uh, Aussie at the minute. Um, and from there, you see a list of cars that are available in your area. We've got a big map. We've got over uh, 150 cars on the platform. Uh, all the major capitals covered. You can filter by make, model, a um, bunch of different you know, aspects, price, obviously. Set the dates that you're looking for and see what comes up. A lot of people are using it to try before they buy. So um, as a owner-led kind of fleet, uh, we get a lot more unique cars on there than you might, you might find from the major car rental companies. So first Model Y Performance came on last week. Things like that just come through uh, Volvo XC40, Polestar 2, which is obviously pretty major. Um, and obviously the other benefit of working with private owners is that our fleet is much more distributed. So if you're not able to say get out to an airport um, to, to collect a car, um, then normally there's someone near you with an EV that you can rent. And like from a price point perspective, how might it compare if you went to say one of the more major renters? Um, it all depends on the owner. So the owner sets their pricing. Right. So we don't we don't interfere with that. We make recommendations and kind of advice. But ultimately, it's the owner's car, and it's over, it's over to them to price it accordingly. But they're obviously keeping an eye on what's out there for other people. They've got like a bit of a micro business mindset going on, if you like, um, thinking about how to you know monetize their vehicle properly. So they'll be looking. Uh, you know, what other rates are out there and, and trying to compete. So from that point of view, I, we feel we're pretty competitive. Yeah. All depends on the exact dates and duration, the kind of car that you're looking for. Yeah. So we have Model X's that are on there at, you know, north of 250 $300 a day, but it's a Model X, which you can't rent almost anywhere else, right. um, versus a Model 3 or a Polestar 2, which are really ubiquitous now, and they're almost a direct comparison to what you get out of a rental fleet. Yeah. So the pricing for them is a lot more competitive, around 180 ish a day, something like that, yeah. on average. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, what are the other benefits from a, like a renting perspective? I know that the, the whole like you know, testing it is a really yeah. good thing, but do you find other reasons why people rent over, say, just getting a pure... It's normally, yeah, you're totally right. It's normally a combination of reasons that people go into renting because we have a minimum of 24 hours. So um, you can't just get it, grab it for a couple of hours for like an extended test drive. Yeah. Um, it's not like you go get where you just like yeah, book exactly. it for an hour yeah. and bring it back. Right? Yeah, exactly. So you book um, normally 24 hours before is the, the latest that you'd book. Um, most people rent out a car two to three weeks before they want to take it and a lot of the motivations are around just experiencing EVs in general um, and then combining that with some other reason for needing a rental car. So they might have a visitor, you know, family member in town, they're like, okay, great, I get a chance to go use my EV on a weekend road trip or something. I had a guy rent a Model 3 a couple of weeks ago who was heading up um, up the coast a little way. Um, his car went and he's going to the shop, an old Holden Commodore. He's like, finally, I get a chance to go take a Model 3 on a road trip. So it's, you know, just various number of different motivations. People are always interested in both the technology, the environmental stuff, and just, you know, wanted to keep, keep their finger on the pulse of what's going on. Great. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Really, really appreciate you talking to us. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. Cheers. We've just come outside of the fully charged show. We're sitting cross-legged on the carpet. <laughs> but he's rubbing his eyes. <laughs> like we're being through a war. <laughs> wow. It, we've talked to a lot of people today. We've talked to a lot of people. And I think it's a bit overwhelming. Yeah. There is a lot going on. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of screens. A lot of cars. A lot of information. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of information not a lot of clarity. <laughs> I'm not going to walk away going like, oh, I, I understand a bit more now. But yeah, that's kind of been my, my takeaway from it. I think to see how many people have turned up mm. and the curiosity of like people en masse, especially that uh, home living energy show that we just walked mm. by. There's like so many people just listening yeah. to that panel talk. I'm like, 
righto, this is, this is something special going on. Everyone's curious, but everyone's confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that chat we just had with Tim from Jet Charge, like, he's just, like, the, one of the biggest problems I have is just dealing with people that are just, the first questions are, how do we do this? How do, like, I want to do it. But how do we do it? What is it? What is it? Yeah, how <laughs> what, like, what do I need? Do? What does yeah. that do? What is why how do I need that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just and I think that they had that really great <laughs> had that really great analogy. Was like, <laughs> when you when like nobody nobody talks so much about how they charge their phone <laughs> yeah. and like all the codes and all the plugs and all that like no one cares no one cares. They just plug their phone in and charge it. It kinda like you need to get to that point with um with this stuff because yeah, yeah look we talked to a lot of people with chargers especially and I was just like look, they talked to me and probably I understood about one of the acronyms that they yeah. used it's a lot of acronyms today, isn't it? it's still it's still quite tech industry focused isn't it it feels like going through that it's still sort of a lot of solutions but not necessarily how you harmonize that with everyday people and humans and a lot of sophisticated tech and kit and, and all the rest, but that connection to honestly just making it simple so people can lean into it, it's, there's still a gap there. Yeah, and, and this is slightly embarrassing to admit because I think we spent a season mentioning some of these key acronyms in terms of charging. But honestly, from, from my perspective, even, even clarifying what is AC, electricity and what is DC like it's I know that sounds stupid and I have graduated from high school and I even went to the Tesla museum in Serbia where they explained how basically he invented this but I think when they still when they talk about like well well this charges oh, that's the AC yeah. and then that but this is different because that's DC I'm like, yeah. But again, I don't know what you're telling me yeah. here. What, like is it better because it's faster is it better because what is it yeah, right like totally. just saying this doesn't clarify to me as you said my phone I'm not looking at my phone charger going is this nice all I know is I plug it into a thing and it works yeah. right so maybe we'll do an episode on Nina yeah. Nina figuring <laughs> out the basics of electricity we can go we can do that <laughs> we can do I'll tell basic. you what though I'm tired yeah I'm done I'm we're tired. done we're ranty we're done <laughs> we've had a great day though great and day. Uh, yeah looking forward to what's next really there's there's we have about 10 years worth of content and guests i think come out with more questions and answers again yeah seems to happen the, the gold the goalposts change yeah. when it comes to you don't think you get your head around it and then something like today happens you're just like no nah, it should be easier thanks everyone for listening to our latest episode of making it ev don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Please send us an email, hello at makingitev.com. And, of course, this podcast is recorded at Forbes Street Studios on Gadigal Land. Thanks to the team here, especially Anthony, who is a recording king and keeps us in check. Thank you, everyone. And you can find out more about us on our website, makingitev.com, and also follow us on Instagram, making underscore it underscore ev. Thanks, everyone, and happy driving. Happy driving.